0: Wildfires tore through Australia at the beginning of the year. More recently, they struck Northern California, leaving many of my colleagues breathing in ash and fumes for weeks. What if there was a better way to predict how wildfires move? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is Laura Hatala, who took time off from her security, Pete, to look into this area and wrote a piece for us, a wonderful piece, as part of CNET's Trip series. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for having me. So you looked into technology that tracks wildfire movement, which I I find absolutely fascinating. What what did you find?
1: Yeah, so um, software has gotten to a point, and computers have gotten to a point, where just regular computers in a fire responder's office can run a model and predict what fires might do next um, faster than the fire itself. So basically, it's a little bit like a weather forecast. It's not, you know, this is exactly what's going to happen. Analysts, human analysts look at the software and what it reports and they make calls based on recommendations to make. With, uh, based off of what the software tells them. They can say, oh, the fire is most likely to go in this direction. It's most likely to move this far. It's most likely to get this big. Um, and uh, that helps people make decisions on how to use resources.
0: And what goes into the technologies? I mean, is it similar to the, the Doppler system? You're talking about sort of weather forecasting. Like, how what, what are some of the technologies that go into it?
1: Yeah, so the technology that's used is basically an understanding of the fuels that fires can burn in the wild. So that's things like trees, um, bush, uh, grass, uh, different kinds of vegetation, as well as weather and other natural forces that affect how fire moves. So that's something that has been studied since the early 20th century to try and understand how fast a fire will move. Um, And then what the technology does uh, with the software is to take that information and turn it into a two-dimensional map. You can say just with paper and pen, oh, it's probably going to go in this direction this fast. But with software, you can actually create uh, the area of the fire and which direction it's going to go. And that gives you a lot more um, information about what is a danger of burning.
0: You know, you talked about just how long they've been working on figuring out the, the ways wildfires move and the catalyst. How has that tracking capability evolved over the years
1: So scientists have been trying to model fires with computers since computers existed. Um, On those big mainframe computers, they came up with algorithms written in Fortran 4, one of the really early programming languages, and they just couldn't go faster than the fire. So this was more about understanding fire. Then in the 80s and 90s, early 90s, there uh, became a way to write a program that would work on just like a regular government budget PC inside a fire responders office so that, you know, people who are actually fighting the fires could use this information. And it got fast enough that it could actually, you know, give a sense of what might happen next in a fire that's still burning.
0: In terms of how it's evolved now, like obviously wildfires are extremely dangerous. They move extremely quickly. How much faster is the, the tracking data now? Like how much of a time advantage do firefighters actually get with this capability?
1: So depending on the software, and there's lots out there. Um, different government agencies are trying to create these around the world, in Australia and other places that run faster um, here in the U.S. There's multiple programs, um, and they're they're what they're trying to do is just move faster in general, and that can be mean that a uh, projection for today that would usually take you know maybe an hour or two can happen within minutes. Um, so that's really useful, um, and you know also that. You can take a little bit longer to do a projection for three or four days out, but it's much more accurate than it would have been in the past. So it's it's faster for the now, and it's more accurate for uh, more long term um, information, which helps with decisions like where to evacuate people.
0: Gotcha. And and I don't know if there's a way to like calculate this, but like getting you know an extra hour of advance notice, like is there any way to to kind of quantify how much of a benefit uh, or or yeah, like how, how beneficial it is to get, you know, an extra hour, extra two hours of advanced notice on where the fire might be moving.
1: I think it's a huge benefit because it, you know, on, on the first thing is that the people's lives are at stake, both people who are in the path of the fire and the people who are trying to fight the fire. And so having that advanced knowledge uh, is really helpful. If you find out that the wind might change um, and change the direction of a fire, that's extremely valuable information that can save lives. Um, If you find out that a fire might jump over a body of water or uh, just spot ahead really fast, that's super valuable information to have as soon as possible. And some of the things that make it available faster are just things that are affecting us more generally with tech, such as, you know, video streaming. In the past, people fighting fires would go up in a plane, take film pictures or even digital pictures, and then they'd have to transfer it by film or by memory card to the software. Now they can just you know, get it straight into the software via a stream. Um, they can also do some of these calculations in the cloud to make this happen faster. It doesn't all have to take place on the computer. They can also uh, use advanced things in computers like graphics cards that have more computing power, and that lets them run more powerful
0: software as well. Gotcha. It feels like we're hearing about new wildfires all the time. How much more of a problem are they now than they have been in the past? It is getting
1: much worse, right? Dry seasons are getting longer, and that's making more dry fuel for fires to burn and creating higher temperatures that are more likely to spark fires. And when the fires burn, they're taking out the trees that would normally capture carbon and uh, keep global temperatures at uh, levels that we had in the past. And so with fewer trees, uh, we're likelier to have increasing temperatures and therefore more fires. So it's a it's a pretty unfortunate loop um, and software can't really do anything about that, but it can help, um, you know, as these fires increase help the responders do a better job of, of fighting the fires faster.
0: Got it. And then you earlier talked about just sort of how you know, you've, you've got computers within fire departments that, that have some of these capabilities. I'm just curious, like what what is the, how they're hooked into local fire departments and, and whether it's like every fire department has something like this, or if it just sort of varies greatly depending on, you know, how how much resources a individual city has.
1: Yeah, it does vary for sure. Um, some version of the software has been available since the 90s, uh, but the faster versions Um, are, you know, they're not everywhere, but they are growing, and the kinds of things they can do are really fascinating. Um, In Orange County, the fire authority there is streaming infrared video uh, that it takes from a fixed-wing aircraft into uh, a program that can feed that directly into uh, a fire prediction software program, and that uh, makes things happen really quickly. Uh, Getting imaging on a fire is really challenging when there's smoke, um, and it's just very dangerous to be close by. So having that kind of capacity and having that information um ha- coming straight in directly as it's happening is really valuable.
0: And is it is it mostly like at headquarters or I'm just curious what the mobile capabilities are and if any of this stuff can be hooked into f- like the f- actual firefighters on the on the ground.
1: It does help firefighters on the ground in a sense. I spoke with a fire analyst who uses the software and uh he was at a base camp. Uh in Napa County in Northern California. Um, and he was running three different software programs there from the base camp. And so that information, you know, that, that person isn't a firefighter, that's a fire analyst, and they're the one who's analyzing it, figuring out what it means and then making recommendations. And then that, that goes straight to the firefighting team.
0: Gotcha. And, and what's the ultimate goal for you know, folks developing this software? Like, what, what do they eventually want to do with the predictive software?
1: Well, I think the predictive software has the potential to get faster and faster. I mean, at a certain point, it can only get as fast as the real-time data that um, we're able to gather. On the other hand, uh, they also think that it can be used in different applications, so not just fires, but to uh, predict where the smoke plumes will go from fires and give advanced warning that um, really bad air conditions are, are about to hit a certain community, for example. Um, and they could also potentially track things like floods. Um, They also are used for uh, understanding how a fire would happen uh, in the future. So it can help communities plan for that, especially like at the planning level before they build something. You know, what would happen to this um, new new structure or neighborhood or whatever um, if there was a fire? Um, So that's really useful information uh, for communities to have as well.
0: Uh, well, thanks for your time, Laura. Hopefully, you weren't caught in with a lot of the smoke. Um, oh yeah, I'm stuck inside. <laughs> We're well, still stuck so, inside. <laughs> sorry about that. Hopefully, the air clears up soon. I know it's it's been a rough go for the folks out in Northern California. If you have any questions about this technology, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge. You can read Laura's story as well as all of our road trip stories on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.